the Marines are, it's, I mean, we could probably have another show on just military life, as you know. Um, it was, it was, it was great. I didn't make a lot of great decisions at that age. It was one of the best ones I made to go into the military. College at that time for me would have been a disaster. Um, I, you know, I needed to grow up and I grew up very quickly right after high school. So it was the perfect thing for me. As a young child, Edwina Adams was quiet by nature. She would whisper when speaking. In boot camp, she was thrashed for not yelling loud enough. But when she discovered her ex-husband was a con man, she started to make noise, proving you don't have to be loud to make some noise. Now Edwina's on a mission to motivate so kick back and tune in for candid conversations with those who have harnessed the power of their voices. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Let's Make Some Noise, where no matter what you sound like, you can make some noise. I'm Edwina Adams, and today I have Dr. Joel Richards joining me. Um, he's a military veteran, and he started a mobile health care service called DOC. And thank you so much for being here. I, I really do want to talk about your amazing business. But first, I'd love to get to know you um, a little bit more and talk about what brought you to this point in your life, like the early years of Joel. So can I, can I go there? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. So, um, you know, we talk about using our voice on this podcast. And I'm just curious, like, what were you as a, what were you like as a child? That's a great question. I I was pretty quiet. My brother was totally opposite for me, so he took most of the attention in our house. He was exciting and, and spur of the moment type of guy, and always in trouble. Um, <laughs> so fortunately, I, um, he got the brunt of the the discipline action in our house. Um, but yeah, I was quiet. Um, I liked. Uh, I did like sports. I grew up in Houston, Texas. Um, I liked sports. Uh, had a good group of friends all through high school. Um, never once thought about being a physician in my entire life. Really? Um, my dad was a police officer. Um, my mom stayed home. I never had really a lot of interaction with physicians besides going to them. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was far away in my mind. It's nothing that even entered my mind. Really? Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about that, but um, that's funny. You were talking about your brother getting a lot of attention and kind of being the loud one. Were you the second born by any chance? Yes, definitely. He's, so was I. He's the first so, born. Um, yeah. And it's still the same way. We've got a great relationship and yeah. uh, it's still the same way. I'm always so jealous of how spur of the moment he is and makes decisions instantly. And I sit there and ponder for hours <laughs> or, or days, you know, um, but it's still the same way. Nothing's changed. So you said you had never thought about really being a doctor, but I know you also joined the Marine Corps. So yeah. was your mind yes. geared towards that early on? Yeah, I uh, went in the Marines actually about five days after I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. So I graduated high school five days later, I went to boot camp um, and was in the Marines, was actually in the infantry, just was a machine gunner mm -hmm. in the infantry and uh, did four years there. Never once thought about really being a physician. Um, you know, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I did know I wanted to go to college when I got out. Um, and I always kind of thought, well, hey, I'll probably be in law enforcement. That's what my dad did. I kind of knew about that. Uh, but when I got in, into school, uh, you know, you really realize, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, and so I said, hey, 
I would love to be a physician. Um, I just never thought, hey, I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough money to do that. But those are all uh, not true. So uh, I started taking some classes that I had to take. And I said, hey, if I do good, then I'll just keep going. And I did okay in one and did okay in the next one. And then next thing you know, I'm applying to med school. That's very cool. So were you able to use your GI Bill for that? Or Yes, great question. So I was able to use my GI Bill during my undergrad where I went to Texas A&M. Um, and it was awesome. It was like basically getting a, a little paycheck. So I still worked, but I didn't have to work as much. Yeah. Um, and then when the GI Bill ran out, I think it was maybe three years. It's a little while ago. I think it was about three years. The state of Texas at the time had something called the Hazelwood Act right. that would pay your um, public schooling um, up to a certain amount. I think it was maybe 70-something hours or something at the time. So they paid my last year at a and my first two years of med school. Really? Which was unbelievable. Oh, it's a blessing. I mean, yeah. So the Hazelwood Act isn't around anymore? Because I know that was effective no for people who joined the military if they lived in Texas when yes. they joined, so I don't is, is it is it gone? I don't know. Oh, I hope not, because that was a that was a great thing. Yes, yeah. In fact, at the time there was only, I believe, two states in the country that did. I think it was maybe Illinois and Texas. And when oh. I was in the Marines, it was a, a big joke. Everyone was trying to get their residency in Texas <laughs> right. so they could go to college. So um, <laughs> I hope they didn't get away with it. Maybe they have, but it was a huge blessing. If you can imagine, two years of med school. Uh, much less another year of undergrad that was taken care of. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, very cool. So um, so before you started going to medical school and you were still in the military, you know, you said you're a quiet guy, and I've known a lot of Marines. Yeah. I grew up around them. Um, they're typically not quiet. That is so the truth. What was that like, being in that environment with, you know, with your personality? Uh, it was it was great. You know, I the Marines are, It's. I mean, we could probably have another show on just military life, as you know, um, it was, it was, it was great. One of the, I didn't make a lot of great decisions at that age. It was one of the best ones I made to go into the military. College at that time for me would have been a disaster. Um, you know, I needed to grow up and I grew up very quickly right Mm -hmm. after high school. So it was the perfect thing for me. I had great friends fit in wonderfully. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was work, you know, once you get in, it's like a job, you know, um, and, had great people I was able to work with um, and still talk to the, to this day. There's nothing like military yeah. camaraderie. It's, uh, it is. It's the great, and there's nothing like it. Yeah, you're right. Like I mean, and, and especially in the infantry, I mean, you're there's long days and weeks and months and a lot of not so great situations. And um, the one, you know, your, your friends are always there constantly, yeah. whether it's, you know, you're waking up in the mud or the dirt or the baking sun or wherever you are in the rain and rainforest, whatever. They're always there. So it was the best thing for me at the time. You know what I, my favorite thing about the military, you know, I grew up, I was a military brat. Yes. My dad was in 20 years, but that's a different um, perspective on the military. A great one. Yes. But when I joined, it dawned on me the day, like we got out of boot camp and then we're in tech school. And the first time you see people that you were maybe also in boot camp with, and they happen to be at your same tech school. And you see them in their civilian clothes, and you're like, oh, I did not see that. I didn't see that coming. And and I had this major realization that, like, that's what makes the military so great, is that you don't really judge people based right. on the outside. 
because you're all the same. Like you're all wearing the same uniform. You're all trying to get the same mission done. And then you realize we really are all the same because it doesn't matter. Like I wouldn't have just been this person's friend probably because that's not like who I'm attracted to because I don't dress the same as me as a friend, but it's really cool. And and I I remember that specifically being um, very... Yes, that's a great, that's a great point. I had a great friend named Sean. And when I was getting out, he was from uh, California, you know, kind of had been in gangs and stuff before he went in the Marines. And he told me, he's like, you know, honestly, if it wasn't for the Marines, I would never hang out with you ever. He goes, you're not somebody I would have hung out with. (laughs) Um, But we were really close friends. And I mean, he hit the nail on the head. Um, He's totally right. The Marines kind of break everything down to its basic form, which is just, you know, you're just a human being like everybody else. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you're, that's, you're totally correct. Very cool. So after you became a doctor, you know, I don't know how long was it before you started Doc Healthcare, this mobile healthcare? Yeah. So I got out of residency. I was my family medicine physician by training. Um, so when I got out of residency, I did basically just some rural ER. So just um, kind of a smaller town ER for about eight years or so, eight or nine years. And I really liked it. Um, you know, I, I kind of uh, compare it to the infantry. I mean, it's like you're kind of on the, the quote front lines. I mean, you're by yourself for the most part, um, as far as other physicians. And you kind of have to take everything that comes in, um, whether it's a, a sore throat or a, a trauma or uh, so I, it really fit my personality um, to just have to go in there and do it. Um, and uh, so I really enjoyed it. But yes, that's what I was doing before Doc came around. That's cool. I, I get that drive because I was in EMS too as a paramedic. Yes. So <laughs> that adrenaline example. part of yes. it is, is, a, is a lot of fun. <laughs> um, so when you started, well, what made you want to start mobile healthcare then? Yes, that's another great question. I so I was perfectly content in the ER, and honestly, I'm I'm not a risk taker. I'm I like the way things are. I like routine and regimen, and I don't like a lot of change. Um, however, a couple of the places I worked at closed down just due to mismanagement and greed, and just didn't wasn't ran very well, and it, nothing I could have yeah. controlled or any of the other physicians there. Um, and, and one of them was was down in the Houston area, shut down. So then I got a uh, found another one closer to home, and it shut down within about eight months. And so at this point, you know, within a year and a half, I've had two places shut down. No, no, nothing wow. I had done personally. And I was like, hey, this is ridiculous. I can do this. You know, why why am I relying on these institutions who are poorly ran? Um, and at the same time, I went on a uh, a medical mission trip with our church uh, to Honduras. Mm. Awesome. I would have stayed there if I was single and, and didn't have a family. I probably would have just stayed there. Yeah. It was so awesome. Yeah. I mean, you had people so thankful to see you, would wait eight hours in the sun, no AC, and just be so appreciative. And I wasn't even doing anything, you know, maybe just talking to them. Wow. Um, so I started thinking, you know, what? why are those people so thankful to see me? But in the United States, if people are in the waiting room or two minutes late, they're irate, walk out the room, you know, what's the difference here? Um, and so I was like, is there any way I can bring that um, idea 
an ideal, the way of practicing medicine back to the United States, is, does it, will it work? Um, because, you, you know, healthcare is so regulated and uh, it's tough to do a lot of change in that field. Um, so that was my idea. Then I came back and while I was there, the one the second place shut down while I was over there. So I came back and didn't have a job. Oh, no. So that really expedited my decision right there. <laughs> so I had always thought in the back of my mind, you know, I was like, this would be a great idea just to hang a sign on the you know telephone pole. Hey, you need a doctor? I'll come over. Um, <laughs> and then the job shut down and I had just had this amazing experience um, with healthcare over in Honduras and it all just kind of came together. Well, very cool. So I've actually used your service. I've, yeah. you know, my son... I didn't, I suspected he had strep, so, um, and he just looked miserable, and it was so nice not to have to go sit in a waiting room, and with a sick child, and then wait for a while. I was able to make an appointment online, Yes. and the doc came right to our home, and she was so amazing. Oh, that's great. I'm glad you did And it was like personal healthcare. I mean, literally one-on-one. It was amazing. And I know that you've expanded too. So you're not just in our local area, but you're, you've expanded. Yes. Yeah. We are in uh, some other towns, Waco and in in the Woodlands and Conroe area around Houston. um, And then our local area also. That's very cool. Do you, do you get opportunities to speak to other doctors about like what you've done and and kind of? I do some, yes. You know, initially it's kind of been an interesting evolution. You know, quickly realized I needed help. You know, it was, it was growing and, um, it was becoming miserable for me. I was so busy. I mean, I I was answering phones, seeing patients calling. I mean, I was, didn't have anybody. So I realized, Hey, I need to get some help and, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, talk to physicians about what I do. They're kind of like, that's interesting. I'm glad you're doing it and not me. Um, so, uh, you know, a couple, I would just beg and beg for months, please come help me. And, uh, uh, finally, I was able to get some on. So over time, yes, it's kind of, I think, become more known. And I have been able to talk to some. And 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 fortunately, other physicians have, you know, it's kind of, I think, spurred some of them to on to uh, do career decisions they had been thinking about and were kind of worried about doing. And some of them have gone and done that. So uh, yeah, that's great. Because my, my thought is, like, I know when you're the first to do something, it's hard. Because yes. I've... I've done that with a, a certain business and, and it is very hard, but, but it also gave me the ability to kind of teach others yes. and, and do that. So I don't know if that's something you've considered or you have in, in the plans to where you can kind of have a framework for what you're doing and then put it out there at yes. events that doctors go to or different things. Is that something that's. Yeah. You, you know, I, first of all, I, always love talking to other physicians. First of all, I I have a lot to learn about everything, not just medicine. But So I love learning from people. Um, and if I can you know, show people what I've done, even if it kind of helps them um, come up with an idea on their own, I'm all for that. Um, as far as more formally uh, working with us, um, we have looked into that for sure. You know, again, healthcare, it's so regulated. Yeah. It makes it hard to even do something like a franchise. It's it's a lot easier said than done. Um, so there's a lot of hoops to jump through as opposed to if you had a, um, a business that made bar stools or something. You could just go open one in this city, in this city, mm-hmm. not a problem. It's not like that with healthcare because you can't even have the, the perception that you're uh, – 
influencing how another physician practices medicine, even oh, though I would okay. never do that. But even if the perception is there, um, it can cause problems. So it's it's tough. So we've looked into that, um, and it's still kind of a work in progress um, because the, I have had a lot of actually physicians contact me from all over the country, um, Vegas and uh, uh, Tennessee and Oklahoma about setting something like that up. And um, so there's definitely interest. It's just trying to find time to figure all that yeah. legal work out. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Let me ask you this. So um, kind of, and this could be t- something totally unrelated, but what is the most challenging thing life has been teaching you over this past year? Oh my gosh. This past year. Um, you know, I... I've come to a point, we started in 2017, so it's 2020, so about six years, we'll be seven coming up. Um, So it's, my role has changed a lot. Um, Like I mentioned, initially it was just um, hoping I would have one person that week, you know, come through, Um, and then it slowly got to... um, one person every other day. I remember I was so excited. I, I was averaging one person every other day. Um, and then I got to the one person every day. I mean, I was so excited. Um, so, and then we really got busy and I was just dying. And I was like, this is for the birds. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. I mean, um, I need to get some help. So, um, and then from there, it's kind of be more me trying to get out of the day-to-day operations to just kind of help out um, my colleagues who I work with. How can I help them out? So, the last year has definitely looks different for me personally. So I would say that challenge has been, um, you know, trying to be an always a, a healthcare patient physician mindset to now I really view my people I work with as my patients. So how can I help them out? How can I help the other providers have a better life doing what, working at doc? How can I, do they need time off? Do they need this technology? How can I make that happen? So that's been a big challenge is um, finding out what that is and then trying to make it happen. Yeah, that is really, that's a, that makes sense to me as a business owner, because now you're not working in the business, you're working on the business. Right. I do have a suggestion for you. Oh, please, I'm always read, open for that. Yeah, if you've not read this book, there's a book called The Dream Manager, and I oh, don't read it. remember who wrote it, but okay. it's incredible. Oh, I need to read it. It's, because you were talking about how that, that drives you, you know, to kind of know what your staff and your employees are, are wanting and needing yes. out of life. It's life-changing oh, for a business. So Great. I appreciate yeah. it. I will definitely check it out. I need all the help I can get. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, lastly, what legacy do you aspire to leave with your voice and like with what you're doing in life? Wow, that's a great question. I So for me personally, um, my faith in Jesus is the most important thing in my life. So I always try to ask myself, you know, what am I doing with what God gave me? Mm-hmm. Um, so what am I doing with it? You know, God gave me so many things, a great family, this opportunity to be a physician, um, this opportunity to to be involved in this business. Um, so what am I doing with it? And am I um, trying to make myself, you know, some big name for myself or make a lot of money? Or am I trying to help people, um, trying to help even the employees out? Um, What are you doing with what God gave you? I think that's um, something I've always asked myself, whether I'm I'm in this business or um, I'm in the Marines or whatever I'm doing. And I think it's a great question to ask yourself. It spans every 
occupation out there, whether uh, you're a mom, you know, tirelessly working to take care of all the kids at home or you're president of the United States. I mean, what are you doing with what God gave you? Yeah. Um, that's always what I try to ask myself. I love it. And I'm glad you're asking that. It's a great question. Um, so how can people connect with you or learn more about Doc? Oh, yes, definitely. Honestly, the website's probably the best place. And it's just uh, docishere.com. So D-O-C-I-S-H-E-R-E.com. That's the greatest place. There's a phone. You can text us and email us easily through that. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed learning more about you. There's some stuff I didn't know. So. Yes, thank you so much. It's been fun. Anytime. I appreciate yeah. it. All right, awesome. And uh, everybody, you can visit edwinnaadams.com. You can learn how to book me as a speaker or just learn and find my social media channels as well. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next time.